What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm very well. Good. Thank you. It's good to see you. It's even better to see you oh, I don't because know about that. today is a very special day. For those of you who are watching, um, for those audio, sorry, uh, but there are some balloons. Because, we'll describe it to you. Yes. Yeah. Today is Caleb Pearson's 26th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's fun to celebrate you. Babe in arms. A babe in arms. See, I, when I first saw the balloons, I thought, this is awesome. We can celebrate. Mark didn't say anything heretical in his sermon. I was like, this is no. so cool. We get to we get to blow up balloons. But yeah. uh, he's here. Obviously, you weren't listening. <laughs> you he was just skimming. Three. Yeah. Uh, he's back with us, Senior Pastor Mark Harry. Marky Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Very well. Thank good. you. Yeah. Good. Thank Happy you for birthday. being here. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. Uh, the big two six. And so That's Pastor exciting. Dennis McNutt down at Shenandoah, we share a birthday. It's the big 5-0 for him. So I'm kind of, Ooh, happy I just tell people I'm Dennis. forever in his shadow, you know, my spiritual predecessor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a That's fun day. Exciting. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. Alicia, I'm going to come your way first. Uh, spent a lot of time in Luke 19 talking about uh, the story of Zacchaeus and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Z- Zacchaeus, he's that character that uh, everyone loved to hate, uh, mm. which uh, Pastor Mark, that was how you titled your sermon, which was really appropriate. But the thing that I loved about um, this passage is that Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. And that really stood out to me. I thought how Mm. personal um, that Jesus called him by name. And the purpose is because in chapter 19, verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Um, And then we have and all these other players that you brought into your story to bring context. So we have the little babies, which Mm -hmm. infants, um, the rich young ruler and Bartimaeus, that, that blind beggar. And there was some interesting contrast that jumped out to me with that. We have this rich run, say that 10 times (laughs) fast, (laughs) the rich ruler who he's, he's all about his good works, his Mm. wealth, his power. And with that, he saw what he had to lose by following Jesus. But Zacchaeus, uh, as well as the blind beggar, they saw him. Uh, what they had to gain by following Jesus. And uh, they recognized their spiritual poverty. They saw their need for mercy. Hmm. And um, they were made well and received salvation because of that. So we have this wonderful Savior who is out seeking us, who is saving those of us who yeah, and are these, lost. these encounters are so cool to see. Pastor Mark, I'll come your way in a second. But it's so cool to think there wasn't a, a, a pivoting and a Jesus going, oh, oh my goodness, there's somebody up in the tree. Hey, you know, that could have been a godly, awesome, healthy interaction if this idea of Jesus is going to respond to the unforeseen circumstance. But this is all ordained by God mm-hmm. and, and demonstrating just yeah. how in control and sovereign he is and down to the knowing of names, I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things... Uh, I would have emphasized, Mm. um, and I didn't, um, just for time's sake, but if you go back to the, um, uh, the rich young ruler story Mm -hmm. in, um, when Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man in the kingdom of God, 
and in verse 26, the disciples respond, uh, or the people responded, well, then who can be saved? <clears throat> and I did bring out that in that culture, that mindset, that Jewish mindset, the people of wealth were shoe-ins mm -hmm. for eternal life because that was an evidence of their righteousness. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, you know, it's easier for camel to go through an eye of a, and I take it, a sewing needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, it was like, that was a head scratcher. Like, mm -hmm. well, then who can be saved? And, mm -hmm. and Jesus responded, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God, which then he proved with the Zacchaeus story. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it, it, the flow of the context, Zacchaeus answers the question, who then can be saved? And it's anyone who is a son of Abraham, mm -hmm. who by faith. So faith is the is where it's where it's building, and so salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. And both eighteen and nineteen are building to that. And it reminded me of a time in my mentorship when Don talked to me about the camel going through the eye of the needle and how they're kind of in the mid two thousands, like this interpretation of oh, a needle, something about a small doorway of the yeah, time, and right, how right, how there right. was a scenario in which a camel could get through it, but it was kind of unlikely. Mm -hmm. uh, it really have to be a special camel or something like that. But the interpretation tends to hold up that this is not a possibility. That's right. Uh, and <laughs> and it is being of Abraham and letting eighteen pour into nineteen and think, okay, the author put it this way for a reason, which is really cool. So well, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, and with these stories. We we see this picture of eternal life looking differently mm. than what the worldly, worldly standards perceive it. It's this, once again, the upside down kingdom where Jesus is um, taking this external obedience, this religion, um, and it's, it doesn't equate salvation. And something that jumped out to me with each of these stories was the something had to be lost in order for it to be gained. And so in chapter 18, um, going back to the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, which you didn't touch on in your ser right. sermon, but I think it plays right into it. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And then moving on to let the children come to me. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And then with the rich young ruler. And he said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come. And then Jesus foretells his death, which is another mm -hmm. like, wow, this is, this is pretty big. And so there's, there's this theme that of something has to be lost in order for it to be gained, which I thought was really neat as well. It's good. Yeah, it goes back, uh, it, even before that, to the lost coin, the or the lost son, the mm -hmm. lost coin, the mm -hmm. lost sheep, and um, uh, John Morrison is going to be uh, talking about that this coming weekend. But the, the you know the lost coin, but um, yeah. So Philippians three, that I think sums that up really well too. Um, when Paul, when he's talking about you know, all of his credentials. And then he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of, sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, worth of knowing Christ my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as, as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And I think Zacchaeus was experiencing a taste of that, of of what uh, life with Christ is, so that he he was so affected by his encounter with Jesus that he one repented, mm-hmm. and his life changed. There was a physical result of I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna repay, not just repay, but more than repay, mm-hmm. and and try to make it as right as he possibly could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, again, we it's a real story. It really happened. There was a Zacchaeus. All that happened. Um, it's a pretty shortened version. I mean, it's it's fun to to speculate what would have been going on. I mean, the, the joy that Zacchaeus must have felt, the excitement that that, that prior to that, the guilt he must have had. Mm. He, he was he had to be a man living with guilt, and um, we mm. don't know his the background to his story, mm. but to as I brought out the the, the Kenneth Bailey book Jesus uh, through Middle Eastern eyes I mean the running the climbing the tree all these mm-hmm. all these uh, countercultural mm-hmm. anti-cultural things that he did of humiliation and shame childlike childlike it was like um, <laughs> he, he didn't care because there was such must have been a burden in his life he wanted to see Jesus. And then to get the invitation, and then to be on the receiving end of such kindness and love. But why? Verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Mm. So what is impossible with man is possible with a God who comes to seek and to save that which is lost. Mm. Puts all the emphasis off of ourselves because we are destitute. We are no better than the Zacchaeus in our filthy sinfulness. And um, nor were the people who were listening to this. Uh, but God does the impossible for any one of us. Uh, he, he has sought us out. And the, the reality that we are that, that destitute, that in need, it's, it's waning in a lot of people's lives. My age group especially wrestles with the depravity of man and, and the, the, are you sure I'm in that much of a need? You mean as believers? or, or uh, unbel- as, un- as unbelievers. Uh, and and believers wrestling with the constant need for God and really getting to the end of myself so that my deeds are not to become right. Mm-hmm. The whole story is he's impacted by Jesus, so he repays beyond. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there can be a lot of, I need to repay beyond so I can be right. To earn it. Mm-hmm. To earn it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so you slip well, back into that. And Zacchaeus, um, so he's fleshing out what... Uh, Jesus says in eighteen seventeen, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So here Zacchaeus is acting like a child. Mm. He's running, he's getting up in the tree, he's curious to see about Jesus because I'm sure there's all this clamor about what's happening, and so he's he's um, disrobed himself of his posh presentation Mm. with his running, climbing Mm -hmm. the tree thing. And so he's fleshing that picture out. And um, there's, so in that, like, uh, when we take on that childlike face, that, that faith, that's expressing an, a dependency, like um, children, the infants are utterly dependent on someone else. And I think that Jesus Mm -hmm. really wants to bring that home of, Mm -hmm utter dependence on him. That's right. And the story of the rich young ruler shows just the opposite because the guy 
well, I've kept all these from the youth up. There was such a self-dependency. Right. And then when it was exposed, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and come follow me and have treasures in heaven. And the guy went away sadly because he, had, he was so rich. It, he couldn't handle that. Uh, his self, he, he, had, he had such confidence in his self-dependency that when that was removed from him, hmm. he really couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus knew he was destitute. Mm -hmm. Bartimaeus knew he was destitute. Mm -hmm. Little children are helpless. I mean, they, they don't. It's so um, it, I guess in one sense you could say in order to have eternal life, you must become like a child. You must become like a blind beggar. You must become like a, a, a wicked reprobate because mm -hmm. those are the only people that um, are going to turn to faith. And um, the rich young ruler, he thought that with his self-righteousness and all of his, his good deeds and all of that, that that was like a form of self-protection that, uh, you know, his ticket. To, yeah, it was yeah. his ticket. Like, and and if he were to give that up, then that's making him vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Then he's not safe anymore. He's not secure in what is his uh, his possessions, yeah. whether it be his outward, external appearance of keeping the law or his wealth. And so I ask myself that question: what What kind of things are rivaling God in my life? Like what kind of comforts am I seeking for my own self-protection? Is it, you know, in my family life? Is it education? Is it what, whatever mm. it could be? Relationships. We all have our own things that we can use for self-protection, but those are, those are idols that we have in our heart that mm. rival God. And that's a dangerous place to be there. There are good things like family, education, money, a good job, security, those are all good things, but they're not the ultimate thing. And that, I think, I mean, Jesus is trying to tell us that, that he is what we've talked about in previous weeks, the greatest treasure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, 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 and total abandonment to him, um, mm -hmm. puts us in a place of utter vulnerability, devoid of pride and self-focus. But um, that's when he uh, brings about the blessing. And that's where joy is found, as Zacchaeus mm -hmm. experiences, blind Bartimaeus experienced, um, and the uh, rich young ruler didn't, who went away sad. Um, no, lots of lessons in there, I think, um, I think for us. Um, and I tried to bring out a few, you know, a few things that, that jumped out to me uh, of the passage. Um, you know, by way of application, um, you know, is your goodness keeping you from trusting, mm -hmm. you know, Christ? You'll never be too bad to get to heaven. You might be too good. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, uh, that, that sense of pride or, or self, um, righteousness, um, it's still epidemic. I think mm. today. And one of the main factors of that is when we pivot away from God and start to compare ourselves to other people in, in the church or in our community and say, well, you know, I'm struggling, I'm not perfect, but I'm doing a lot better than them. Mm. Or, or, and, we, and we live as if there is a Christian plateau, and there isn't. You're going closer to Christ or, or wandering away. And I like the second question you brought up. Are we hindering anyone from coming to Christ? It reminded me, Alicia, of what you were sharing earlier of like, 
busyness can manifest sin in a ton of ways. There are a lot of ways our life can get us to a point where we're not thinking about this. Mm. And even Scott Samire was unpacking this and with an evangelism focus and all the exciting things happening uh, in our community. But how can we be available for evangelism and then get people, especially people my age, to hear a little bit of the bad news first? They're aware of the injustice, but there's some sort of clinging to, I, I think I'm good. I think we're good. I think I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the struggle with the mental health epidemic. And the, I don't think I can do it, but I know I'm designed to do it. And it's like, no. Yeah, and there there is a... There is a striving. Um, there, there's a striving to uh, to do what is right, mm-hmm. to do to do good, um, to assuage the guilt of sin. So, um, yeah, whether it's participating in some social justice activity or or whatever it might be, um, <clears throat> those are those are those attempts are attempts at assuaging one's guilt before a holy God. Mm-hmm. And you may walk away feeling, well, we did this or did that. But ultimately, uh, when we stand before a holy God, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And there's still, I think, that, that, that awareness. We're created in the image of God. And there is that awareness that we don't measure up to that image. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. and um, I think for some people it, it screams at them, so they they work harder at this. Was that where Zacchaeus was? I I don't know for sure. Again, something was going on in his soul that would make mm. him do what he did, mm-hmm. um, and and he was ripe for the pickings. Mm. Um, and and Christ did, Christ could have singled out anybody along that road, uh, but he happened to single out a blind uh, beggar, mm. and a wealthy wicked guy. Mm. And uh, the, again, the contrast was um, purposely I, included here. I loved, your, I loved your last question. Are we looking up in the trees? And here, like here, we see Jesus. He's in Jericho. He's on his way to Jerusalem, on his way to the cross. He knows what's before him, and he is purposefully seeking out these people. And here, you know, Zacchaeus is up in the trees, and and. Um, it, <laughs> That convicted me because I thought, how how often am I just so focused on my the next thing? Like, what's on my agenda for the day? And one of those self protection measures that I that the Lord revealed to me through this is my time. And I, you know, my time is precious, and I've only got so much time to get all of these tasks accomplished. And in that busyness, I'm not. I'm not looking up in the trees to see who might be mm. there. Instead, I need to be looking up in the trees and seeing God's providentially placing people in my life mm-hmm. to be able to minister to. And that's not happening on accident. That's mm-hmm. in his sovereign plan that he does that. And just like he called Zacchaeus out by name, God's putting people in my life to be able to relate to. And the purpose is, for God's glory right. and for mm-hmm. our joy. Right. And when we stop and uh, recognize there's more than just what's on my agenda for the day, mm. uh, God has so much more. And I think that's, again, what living by faith is all about. So again, that's a key theme. Mm-hmm. The, the, this is what uh, children of Abraham, this is how they should operate, always by faith, trusting for those opportunities living a life where we are totally abandoned to him. 
mm-hmm. um, walking by faith, um, that childlike faith. It's said in that, that story with the children in chapter eight, in the previous chapter 18, they were bringing the babies to them, so on and so forth. And Jesus said, permit the children to come to me and hinder them not, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Mm-hmm. Then you go through these stories, the you know the rich young ruler, eh, you know ex uh, blind Bartimaeus, ooh, you know he gets a gift, Zacchaeus gets a gift, and then, and we didn't get into this, but the flow of thought, the very next paragraph, starting in verse eleven, it says, while they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Well. Again, there are there's background what the Jewish people were thinking, and he, here he was, and and the disciples, you know, you know, hey, can I sit at one at your right, one at your left, and all these th- things were going on, and Jesus had already said, no, the kingdom of God is is childlike faith. It is it is des- defined by childlike faith, a cry like a blind Bartimaeus. That's mm-hmm. what the kingdom of God is all about. Uh, the Zacchaeus story. So he goes in and talks about the parable of the minus and, you know, do business until I come. And that, that um, what God is calling us to is this life, it's a response of faith. And when that faith is, um, is placed in him and we walk by that faith, um, it's life changing. It was for Zacchaeus. It was for the person in the parable who had the, the five minus and he did 10 and so on and so forth. The, the lack of faith is a person who doesn't know who God is. And I know you're an exacting man. And so I hid it and, you know, I didn't want to lose it. So again, this theme of, of childlike faith is, is crucial in all of these stories. So that segues into a, a little question I have. So in part of the contrast, we see these tax collectors teaching the Pharisees and the children you know, teaching the disciples <laughs> these uh, images. Um, but Jesus, in uh, the, back in chapter 18, when he's foretelling his death for the third time, he says, um, of talking, speaking of his disciples, but they understood none of these things. Mm-hmm. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. And then we see the next story with Bartimaeus, this blind beggar, who upon hearing, and then he he cries out, Jesus, son of David. So it's that's a messianic title. Bartimaeus recognizes this. He's seeing it. So this blind man is seeing something that is pretty <laughs> incredible. And the disciples are missing it. <laughs> They're clueless. And then, so, um, but then, you know, it's, a, we know it's a temporary blindness that they're not seeing it because in Luke 24, um, starting in verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and then go so forth and so on. So he does open their minds before he ascends so that they can see. But I'm just curious, like, I wonder why Jesus was withholding this from them. Why was he, you know, he was, he let Bartimaeus, you know, Mm -hmm. he gave Bartimaeus the wisdom to know that he is, he is the Messiah. He's this Jesus, son of David, but the disciples know. Well, it, it, I mean, it it says there that, um, 
the disciples understood none of these things. This is Luke eighteen thirty four. The statement was hidden from them, and uh, they didn't comprehend. It was hidden from them. Was that because of their own mm. sense of worth, their own sense of they they were they missed it mm -hmm. because of their own hard heartedness. Yeah, and um, it was their sin that that blocked them from seeing it, and their own sense of. I think self-value. They were the ones who pushed the mm -hmm. children away, and you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, and they were totally missing the whole point of this is what the kingdom of God is all about. This is, this is, this is what you have to do, and um, yeah, I suppose we have to come slack because they grew up in that kind of a, a mm -hmm. culture and that sense. Um, but uh, I, well, I see that actually in my own life. That's <clears throat> God's kindness. Um, when in the midst of my sin that um he reveals himself like through revealing my sin he reveals himself and he reveals his faithfulness and and i he he's clearly not done with the good work that he's begun in the disciples life and right. he has more that he is wanting to work in their hearts and more that he's wanting to transform them Right, right. And build their faith. But why was it, again, going back to your point, that a, someone like Bartimaeus seemed to get it? Now, when, when, again, we, we don't know all the backstory. Clearly, he he had some understanding of of Jesus. Uh, you know, who, what's all the commotion? You know, and and uh, you know what's what's happening. And uh, he began to inquire in verse 37. They said, Jesus of Nazareth was passing away. And that's when he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. Like you said, it's a messianic. I go back to what Luke wrote in chapter 4 of Luke when Jesus began his public ministry. And he presented himself there in the temple in Nazareth. So he was, he was Jesus of Nazareth, tied to the, the, to the whole synagogue at Nazareth. And he grabbed the, or took the Bible of, in, in Isaiah and opened it up there um, to Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim a release to the captives and, and recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. To close it down, sit down. Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus was attributing these messianic recovery sight to the blind. Bartimaeus knew that. Whatever mm -hmm. else as a poor yeah. blind beggar, he knew the truth. And that is what he was, Jesus of Nazareth. And there was this connection. And mm -hmm. when Jesus is passing by, this was his opportunity. He was the Messiah who received, would, would open blind eyes. Mm -hmm. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus? Mm -hmm. he, was, mm -hmm. he was announcing a messianic, his faith. I want you to open my eyes because you are the Messiah. But first he heard. Yeah. He first heard it because yeah. he couldn't see, right. but he heard it and then That's right. confessed it, yeah. which is yeah. childlike faith. faith it was childlike hearing faith. and hearing from the word of God. Yeah. The, the disciples' picture of Jesus was still growing. and Growing. And all, the, that question was coming up yeah. in all these Jesus encounters. Who, who is he? Oh, my goodness. He, he seems to be a lot more than a teacher, a rabbi. There was intrigue. There was curiosity. Yeah. But what actually, and, and even as we gather as the church, I think there's some of that spiritual gauging of the room and our, our 
are Keystone is a great example of young adults of like, okay, where, where are we all at with Jesus, right? That whole A.W. Tozer quote, what a man thinks about God's most important thing about him. What do you think about God? Mm-hmm. What do you think about him? Because he's probably uh, intriguing enough to follow. And you've, I've noticed you've been coming back Thursday nights. You know, where, where, what do you think about all this? Yeah. And, and what does it mean to you personally? Which yeah. We see that here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the, another takeaway from this whole thing related to all of this that you're saying is that Again, Jesus came to seek and to save that. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It takes all the pressure off us. We are just on our journey, mm-hmm. on living a life that is glorifying Him. We're, we're, we're accomplishing the call that God has called us to do. And as we do that, on our journey and on the road of life, there will be low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. up in the trees. There will be people, there, there will be rich young rulers, and um, what Jesus does there, by the way, is pre-evangelism. Mm-hmm. He doesn't evangelize them. Mm-hmm. He says, sell everything, give to the poor, and come follow me. Mm-hmm. That's pre-evangelism. Mm-hmm. I mean, he obviously, that's not how you get to heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy needed to see his need right. first, mm-hmm. and Jesus lets him stew in that for a while. By Our the way. heart needs to be revealed. That's right. And I, I don't know. I, this is a total speculation. But wouldn't it be interesting if that rich, young ruler was a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Oh. Oh, no. Don't even think about it. But it wasn't that much longer. Hmm. And the day of Pentecost and and uh, and the church began, and Saul was right right there in the midst it's, of it. It's a so, fun one to study because he asks about inheriting the kingdom, and then Jesus addresses entering instead. Yeah. Mm. That's right. And mm. and who wrote a lot about inheriting mm-hmm. the kingdom? Yeah. Paul. The Apostle Paul. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah. But it's it's yeah. it, it 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 is this um, this confidence that God is sovereign. We don't have to stress over it. Just mm-hmm. let's go through life. Let's honor Him, as Jesus was doing. I've come to do Thy will, in the role it's written to me to do Thy will, and He was on His way to Jerusalem to accomplish the will mm. of the Father. And, and He and, calls uh, us by name. Yeah. The like. If we belong to him, and God he does calls that. us mm-hmm. by yeah. name. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to have the confidence of when those opportunities present themselves, God is the one who's doing it. He's calling these people by name. The blessing of blessing is he wants to use us in the process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes we can, someone said, be like the Arctic River. We're frozen at the mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's open our mouths. And, mm-hmm. and like, as you just said, you know, so what, what, what do you, th- you know, what's this view? What's your view of God? Or mm-hmm. who do you think Jesus was? Mm-hmm. Let, let's just be. Start the conversation. Yeah, just, right. Yeah. And even if it goes against the the norm or the, the, the crowds, like, you know, like I said in the sermon, the, when what the crowds probably wanted to hear is, Zacchaeus, you come down because we want to stone your rotten hide to <laughs> <Right>. death. <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you reprobate. Yeah. yeah. But it was I'm gonna I want to I'm gonna be a guest in your home, mm-hmm. and uh, no matter Jesus didn't care what he was focused focused and fixated on that one he named mm-hmm. Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. and he loved him, mm-hmm. and that's what grace does. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah. that's where our confidence is. It's in God. It's it's never in our ability to under, understand any of this stuff. It can be easy to read through and say, how could the disciples not get it? Mm-hmm. It's right there. But but we're there's a call to pivot. Lord, what might I not be getting 
<laughs> because I can look through this, by the way, praise God, we have the full New Testament mm-hmm. and the spirit age and all this different stuff, and they're they're walking with them. Yeah. I have so many kids say, I wish I wish Jesus was here walking with me. I wish I lived in Bible times. I say, what? <laughs> you are living in Bible times. Yeah. You, We shouldn't wish to be anywhere else except where God has placed us, yeah. and we have the spirit, yeah. and here we go. And so it's exciting. And I tell you, if if we started seeing more Zacchaeus's mm. uh, lives transformed, uh, that will in, excite a church. It will mm-hmm. ignite even deeper passion. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a sneaky suspicion that that's kind of what God wants uh, mm-hmm. us to see. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's who's going to be in the kingdom. All these unlikely people who have been converted, (laughs) who've come to faith of all different types. And that is... John Newton said, you know, what are the the things that I'm going to be shocked most in heaven? You know? Surprised you're there. Surprised at who's not there. It's surprised that I'm there. Surprised that I'm there. So, um, man, if we can... If there's one takeaway, it is... Who are who are the potential Zacchaeuses, mm-hmm. the blind Bartimaeuses in our life? No one. That was one of the points, but no one is unreachable. Mm-hmm. And to trust God that He's He's got a name out there, and He's going to la- allow your path to be crossed by their path. Mm-hmm. Let's just stop up, look up in a tree, and uh, proclaim the good news. And by the way, seven and a half billion people created in the image of Christ. That means anywhere uh, you have home field advantage for evangelism. Mm-hmm. The, the the word Jesus is heard. Maybe uh, somebody grows up only hearing it when their dad stubs his toe loud enough. But if you bring up Jesus, there's going to be a thought about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was just a word you yell, or I, I've heard about him. So there's all these different ways that people are coming at it, and God is unfolding, and we're simply a part of it. It's mm-hmm. just really cool. So back in chapter 18, verse 1, when Jesus is talking about the persistent widow, and he told them a parable Mm. to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Mm. And I think that whether it's we're praying for someone to be saved or whatever it is, just to keep praying because God is hearing our prayers and Mm. um, we're not to lose heart because he is where our hope is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Always a a blessing. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight in your favorite podcast feed. We pop right up. You can also find out all the the cool stuff happening here at Fellowship Bible Church if you go to fbcva.org. The fact of the matter, everybody's at sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. Mm -hmm.